to Daryl City Cash Chicago. CTA is a vital artery in our city. You can learn so much about race, class, development in Chicago just from riding the red line from Howard to 95th. Last week, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, along with CPD and CTA, announced a plan to add more police on buses and trains and $71 million in contracts for unarmed security guards. That's their response to increased reports of smoking, unsanitary conditions, and violent crimes on the CTA during the pandemic. We wanted to hear how Chicagoans are feeling about their experience on the L. So we talked with Streets Blog editor John Greenfield, who rode the entire red and blue line last weekend for 12 hours straight. It's Thursday, March 17th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. I was wondering where you was getting these midnight sweet steaks at, my G, because I was, I was <laughs> waiting for that part where you pulled up and they was open. They weren't open when I got there. The, the customer assistant at the CTA station I talked to just said they close whenever they feel like it. But, um, you know, if any listeners don't know what a, a sweet steak is, do you, do you feel like explaining that to them? Uh, we, we've done an episode where we broke down some of our favorite sweet steaks, so they need to go find an episode. So, yeah, if you ain't hip, then... You know, go get hip at a different time. We're talking about the CTA right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> CPD is strategically adjusting resources uh, from within its Bureau of Counterterrorism and will have dedicated gang and narcotics teams investigating crimes on the transit system and patrolling the busy rail lines. In addition, CTA will further promote safety and comfort during commutes by expanding its use of unarmed contracted security guards. That was the mayor's press conference last week. John, have you experienced what the mayor says were the reason behind more security, right? Increased concerns of violence, people smoking, just sort of degradation of riding? I mean, I've certainly experienced personally that um, it's just becoming almost more the rule than the exception to encounter smokers on the L nowadays. At night, it's almost ubiquitous. You know, it's it's a constant issue that someone starts smoking in your car. You have to step out on the platform, move to another car. Uh, litter is definitely on the increase. It's more common to see like empty beer cans on the L. During the pandemic, there have been more people experiencing mental health and economic crisis. So more Chicagoans are being forced to shelter on the L because they have, they have uh, you know, really no better options for places to sleep. Um, and then statistically, in terms of crime, between 2021 and so far in 2022, um, crime is up 17%. So because of all those things, I mean, it became increasingly clear that city officials had to do something to address this. You decided to ride the red and blue lines for 12 hours. John, what was your route? I started at the Jackson Red Line platform. And Jackson is a pretty important place in this discussion. As you know, there's a Jackson Red Line station, then a block west, there's a Jackson Blue Line station. There's a tunnel between the two. And the Jackson stations in that tunnel have really been a hot spot for violent crime. Um, there have been lots of shootings and stabbings and robberies in those two stations. Um, and Jackson has really been a hot spot, I think, because it connects the two 24-hour lines. And also the experience I had when I rode the, the train on Friday sort of showed there's all kinds of activity going on there late at night. Nothing, nothing too bad was happening when I was there, but 
you know, there was a guy selling deodorants on the platform. There were lots of people selling cigarettes, people drinking beers. So when you're standing at the at the Jackson stop, where does your route take you first? What direction do you head in first? And, and what time of the day is it? All right. So I, I did 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Damn. <laughs> I wanted to see what things were like at the evening rush. You know, one thing I was curi- curious about is like, does rush hour seem like it used to before the pandemic started? And I was pleased to see that like, it seemed like a pretty normal rush hour. Got on the train, headed north towards Howard. I got to see the sunset over Graceland Cemetery. Went back downtown, caught the blue line, uh, headed up to O'Hare, met up with my friend, and we went to a bar at the O'Hare Hilton called the Gaslight Club. It's got a piano lounge, fun place to hang out. Really enjoyed hanging out there and hearing uh, senior citizens singing show tunes to the piano player. And then I went out to Forest Park, came back downtown to the Jackson Station, and that's when things were really buzzing at the Jackson Station. That was uh, about midnight. Um, Transferred back to the Red Line, headed south to 95th Street. There is some some cool public art there by a local artist named Theaster Gates, a DJ booth that's got a cool like animated neon of a, of a person's head that like their hairstyle balloons into a big afro and there's all these vinyl records, Curtis Mayfield, of course. At that point, it seemed like the majority of people who were riding the red line were unhoused folks sheltering on the train. Then I came back north, um, eventually came back to Wilson, my home station. And yeah, the real takeaway, just like after riding on the trains for so long, where most of the people seem to be unhoused, you know, folks, it was really cold that night. Um, By the end of the night, it was 12 Fahrenheit. And it really made me think about the issue of homelessness and mental health in Chicago and how we address it. Like, you know, before I did this ride, theoretically, I was like, sure, we should, we should have better funding for mental health services. You know, Mayor Emanuel shut down half of the city's mental health clinics and we should have more funding to house the homeless. But it really hammered this home that like, this is a big deal. We got lots of homeless people in Chicago uh, who have nowhere better to sleep than the CTA. One thing my grandma would always say is stay alert, stay alive. Mm-hmm. At any point on the train, did you feel unsafe? Um, No, I mean, uh, one thing one thing I acknowledge is like other people might not have had the same experience that I did. I, I had a relatively pleasant experience in terms of like I never really felt endangered. Maybe hanging out at the Jackson platform at midnight, I was thinking like, eh, maybe this isn't the greatest place for me to be, but, but nobody was doing anything threatening. If I was, say, a young woman, I'm sure my experience might have been different, so I don't take that for granted. Have you noticed any, like, did you notice an increase in, like, bad behavior? Like, people playing music or smoking or things like that? Yeah, definitely. It was a lot of that going on. But I feel like, to be honest, now is, like, even worse. Like, than compared to, like, March 2020? Yeah. yeah. Uh, wh- why, what do you mean? Like, what are, what are you seeing? Like, I feel like I see it more. Like, people, like, going through selling, trying to sell drugs, you know, smoking, you know, playing the music, all of that. Sometimes I've even had to, like, get off the train because I felt so uncomfortable and then, like, get on the next train or the next car over. 
Yeah, I, I won't, like, I'm a big guy, and I won't ride, you know, I try not to ride after, like, midnight anymore, because certain times on the red line I've been, um, you know, attacked or yelled at or kind of jeered by people. Um, I am a tattletale when I need to be. So if it's bothering other people and other people are uncomfortable, usually I can, you know, handle little things. Or But if I feel like other people around me are getting nervous, un, uh, feel unsafe, or they're uncomfortable, that's when I'm going to speak up. So I'm like the leader for the other people or the, the, little, the little guy that's the, you know, going to speak up for the, the weak one in the room. I will always do it in that case. I don't know. I feel like, to be honest, like people don't care. Like even if police was to get involved, like that might stop it a little bit. But I feel like people really don't care. Most people are afraid to confront someone who's smoking on the trains. I mean, there have been a lot of stabbing cases recently. You know, you never know what what someone's carrying with them. Did you notice any more police or unarmed security? I mean, you had. You were there two days after the mayor's announcement. That was a weird thing. Is like I, I only saw two police officers and no security guards the entire trip. The third time I passed through the Jackson Red and Blue Line stations, I saw a couple of cops on the. I think it was the Red Station. Um, they were talking to some guys who look unhoused. Didn't seem like anything too intense was going on. You know, Street Spot. We we have not been advocating for adding more armed personnel to the system. I mean, at one time, yeah, it might help people, like, be more, like, the people who are trying to sell drugs, you know, not get on the train as more because of police. But the other time, the police are really kind of iffy. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really on their side, to be honest. But then it's like, who are they kicking off the train? Because I don't think the homeless people should be kicked off the train. They don't do anything to me. The issue really came to a head in February of 2020. Mayor Lightfoot announced a new initiative to add more police officers to the CTA. And this was before the pandemic, before ridership dropped. And that very afternoon at the Grand Red Lion Station, there was a young man named Ariel Roman who was walking between cars, which is against the rules. And a couple of police officers tried to detain him for that. And... Uh, he fled, you know, he wasn't being violent with them, but he didn't want to get arrested. And as he fled, they fired up an escalator at him, shot him in the backside and in the gut. And, uh, you know, they could have easily killed or injured bystanders on the, in the busy station. So that really shows you the downsides of adding more armed personnel to the system. That really increases the, the opportunity for minor infractions to escalate to bloodshed. The security, I feel like in other cities, they have their own police forces for the public transportation and our, you know, Chicago police aren't the CTA police. We need um, our own, you know, securities on trains and I think in certain stations or maybe uh, having police ride on after a certain time or even, you know, all the time just so everyone's more secure. From talking to the CTA spokesperson, like the way it works is they're going to patrol the stations and cars. If they see, you know, if they see an immediate threat of violence, they call the cops. And then if they see like problematic rule breaking, things like smoking, um, someone verbally harassing someone, stuff that needs to stop, you know, they politely ask the person to stop what they're doing. If the person refuses, then they call for backup. 
you know, I think what's going to be really interesting to see is like, how did they handle unhoused people sheltering on the trains? I don't want to see people get kicked off the trains if they've got nowhere better to go, you know, especially if it's cold out. And if that happens, I'm sure there's going to be a backlash. At one point you were on a train and somebody was, you know, you, you've described this, uh, like the different things you might come in contact with, right? People smoking. But but then you mentioned like a dude who was just playing loud music and you actually liked the playlist, you know, some James Brown, the payback, which I've admitted on the show is one of my favorite songs, you know, some Curtis Mayfield, some ACDC, like how would security guards or police have, have changed that experience? Would it have been worth at that time of night for a security guard to go up to this person and tell them to, to ch- turn off their music if no one on the train seems to be bothered by it? You know, I think one thing we got to be mindful of is that things that seem threatening or annoying to some people may be not viewed the same way by other people. Like some people might find a group of teens getting on a train and talking really loudly and maybe maybe playing some music on their sound system loudly, like they might see that as a threatening situation. Others might think, you know, this is just teens being teens. They're not not doing any harm. One person's, you know, like you said, one person's comfortable ride where they can deal with the little annoyances might be another person's opportunity to, like, you know, get their grievances off and, and kind of utilize the security to to police the trains in a way that most people just don't give a damn about, John. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a real dilemma for the security guards. I, I would really hope that the CTA is instructing these people to really focus on stuff that really does cause problems for other riders, like smoking, you know, discourage people from littering. Hope it's more a deterrence than something that needs to become like actively punitive or controversial. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's hope that like, we're not going to see a huge rise, rise in people getting tickets. Certainly like ticketing unhoused people is totally pointless. They don't have any money. Like let's not enforce victimless crimes Mm-hmm. Uh, so you asked Lightfoot at the presser last week about the city spending $71 million on security rather than things like mental health and homelessness services. So we're spending $3 million on the security contract. Has there been any consideration to using increased funding for housing for the homeless and mental health services as a strategy to improve sanitation and safety on the CATA? It's not one or the other, it's both and. To making sure that we continue to shore up um, resources um, both for um, mental illness and trauma across our city, in addition to uh, providing additional resources specifically uh, for homelessness prevention, as well as making sure that we're expanding our offerings of affordable and transitional housing. I contacted the mayor's office for to get details and that no one ever got back to me. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that it was wrong to spend the $71 million on a multi-year security contract. Like, I recently read an, ish, an article about what's going on in San Francisco. They're doing this pilot of doing these tiny homes for homeless people. These new tiny homes, they're building 70, 70 of them, are going to cost a total of $30,000 each. So anyway, I was thinking, you know, for $30,000, if Chicago was to do that with that $71 million, we could we could do like house like 2,600 unhoused people. So I'm, I'm not saying that the money on security is a bad expenditure. I feel like they had to do something, but you know, uh, it might be good to spend a similar amount of money on a, a pilot like that. John Greenfield is editor of Streets Blog Chicago, which covers transportation around the city.
Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. A court has ordered actor Jesse Smollett to be released from Cook County Jail as he appeals his 150-day sentence and conviction for staging a hoax hate crime against himself. Baseball fan spring training is back. You can catch the Cubs versus the Sox out in Arizona in a St. Patrick's Day matchup starting at 3 o'clock. There's some good news to get you through. It has officially been one year of CityCast Chicago, 250 episodes. The team has been covering some of our faves in the newsletter this week. One of mine is the Cabrini Green series we did earlier this year. You can read about it today at chicago.citycast.fm. If you want to give us a little, you know, one-year B-Day gift, how about you share us with your friends and family? Subscribe to the newsletter, and wherever you can rate and review us, go ahead and do it. Something like, it's been a year, and I've never loved Chicago as much as I do now. That'll do. As always, I appreciate you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. One, two, a one, two, three. I mean, the subhead was why I'm not rushing to get my six-year-old COVID. Blah, 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 blah. All right, look like we're going to get done. Let's get this done. We're going to take another take. <laughs> All right. So here we go. <laughs> I am recording. Un- unnecessarily official. I got my book. I got my bunny ears ready to go. The documentary that was... Ooh, blah, blah, that was really... Great notes, producer. Producer of the best podcast in the city, Carrie Shepard. And some good news. Nope. All right, let's do it one more time. Here we go. <laughs> you are still on mute. Sign up for our daily newsletter at citycast.somethingsomething. Nope. <laughs> it was in another window on another page. The Chicago Reader is really, <clears throat> really close to becoming. In case you missed. Nope. That's not the first line, is it? You already got a first line. All right, one more time. Let's do that. Let's get the entire news rundown. Spread the love. Everybody deserves the blessing. That is, this voice at 6 a.m. in the morning. Don't be stingy. All the time. We love you, 77 flavors of Chicago, but we needed to take this W. Uh, Hopefully, next year, you can be the running again. We'll be trying to win, but we will do so with more grace.